G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of this week's podcast. What we want to do is we want to jump straight into some of the Twitter questions because we've got a few this week. Mm -hmm. So let's get right down to it, shall we, Matt? Now, we've got a question in from Matt Moyle uh, asking, is it more important to drop Billings or is it more important to upgrade to McRae? And on a similar note, is it worth swapping Billings out for McRae via Spargo? So I like that. that. I like that. That a lot. last one is a great trade. Now, don't get me when it, when it comes down to is it more important to get rid of Billings or to bring in McRae? I'm I really like the idea of bringing in McRae, but I don't think you have to bring in McRae right now because you think you have to move Billings on. Yeah, McRae is very expensive. So McRae is 825. I I do genuinely think that at some point McRae is going to get tagged. Because other teams are going to start to sit up yeah, and pay attention. I think it might happen if Bont is out for an extended period. That's if the Bont's worry. Back in and he's fit. I think he gets the attention ahead of McRae. He probably yeah. It's it's tough to say, but McRae is carrying that team on his back because, at the I mean, moment. McRae is effectively your gaff type player. Yes. How often does gaff get tagged? Well, gaff does get tagged sometimes. I mean, How it's often? it's less effective now, but he used to get quite a few tags. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's tough, but. Uh, I, I, but yeah, I agree. If you've got to do one, move Billings out because yes. he's just doing nothing yes. this year. But if you can do both at the same time, I like I, I that. I really like the idea. That's of a great doing trade, Matt. Spargo, because yeah. I think Spargo is a good guy to bring in. Defin- as well. Definitely get that one done. Uh, we've got a question here from Goonbag Fantasies, which again, just a, a great name, mate. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Beams or Crouch for Finlayson is his question. So I'm assuming, obviously, Maddie Crouch. So. He's uh, he's either doing some DPP action or he already has Finlayson in his midfield. Which one would you prefer? I mean, I mean that's a pretty easy question for me. I would go Matt Crouch every day of the week. I started the year with him in my side. He was looking great for that first week or two. And then, unfortunately, he got injured. So, nothing so you can do about Beams that. is averaging 96.3. Mm-hmm. But over the last couple, like two With or three, I'd say he would be going great guns. Got a break-even of 85, mm-hmm. last three average of 106. So yeah. his average is actually higher in the last three than it has been for the entire year. Okay. And Crouch. It's Yeah, I, I, just, I feel like Crouch is much more reliable because Beams does have... A history of injuries, and I know you can't always bank on that. Yeah. Ironically, Matt Crouch is the one that's Mr. Injury. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, so, Matty Crouch averaging 88.3, averaged last three games is 76.6, but that'll still be impacted by his injury before he went off. It is, yes. Break even of 121. So, you, if you're needing to do something this week, because Matt Crouch, I have the odd feeling, has another week or so where he will continue to lose a little bit of money. He, you can his pick break-even's him 121. He's playing port in the showdown. You can pick him up probably bargain placement price next week or the week after. So He's currently 662. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, for long-term benefit, I would say Matt Crouch over Beams. Long-term, yeah. Short-term, if, like, if you want to get both of them in, mm-hmm. you could probably do Beams first and then Crouch when he's dropped a yeah. little bit more. If, Beams if you... is playing... Bulldogs this week as well. Yes. If you want to finish the year with both of those guys in your side, then I would say Beams is the one to get in first. But if it's either or, then Crouch. Matt Crouch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, got a question here from Brody. He's asking, uh, thoughts on guys who are unable to get games based on form or team direction? So he's thinking players like Hall, Barlow, Colichesny, and they're all from Gold Coast, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, Stewie Dew has really <laughs> swung the he's, he's, swung uh, the axe. Upset the apple cart a bit mm. there. 
What are they worth? What would you, uh, would you target them in redraft or keeper leagues? That's a really good question, actually. That's yes. Uh, it's a really hard one to answer. We'll do them one at a time. But let's do them one at a time. So, Ooh. Hall first. Jeez. Would you target him? Uh, yes. Yeah. I'd go out and grab Aaron Hall. So, go out and try and buy him on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Because their coach will be frustrated. Their coach will be angry. And you will get them for a lower price than they're worth. And, and what are you willing to give up to get him? Ooh. I would say... It depends what they're looking for. They'd probably be looking for a midfielder in response. They probably want a replacement midfielder. Um, Aaron Hall's not playing at the moment, which is just awful. So you could probably give up a 90 averaging midfielder for him. Uh, A Zeebel. A Zeebel. Would you give up a Zeebel for him? No, because that is a tough question. In redraft? If you're in a league that doesn't have DPP changes and Zeebel is not a forward, then yeah, give up a Zeebel. That's that's a good sort of player that you can look to. But if Zeebel's a forward, absolutely not. Yeah. All right, what no other options have we got there? Um, at around a 90 averaging midfielder, you know, you can go out and have a look at your own teams. It's really dependent on who you have in your side. Um, this is going to mean to be a really, really individual question. But, I mean, even someone like an Isaac Smith, he, he might even be averaging a little bit too high. Maybe a Liam Shields, someone, someone along those lines. Uh, you'd be able to get a lot more value. And when Aaron Hall does come back into the side, we know the kind of ceiling he has. Right, so Shields is averaging 91. Mm-hmm. Cunnington is averaging 91. Good call Akers as well. is averaging 91. Forward though, so absolutely not. Yep. Shiel is averaging 90 and a half. Dylan Shiel, yeah, that's another good option. He's underperforming, so you could sell it based on that with a little bit of upside. Yep. Nathan Jones, 88.6. Mm, Would yeah. you take Hall over any one of them? Or Dylan Shiel would probably be the only one that I, I I've got a bit of a soft spot for Dylan Shiel, but the yeah, rest of them, over, over Cunnington, yeah, yeah, a lot of upside. Yeah, if you've got a solid enough midfield at the moment, and you're looking for some X factor. Love it, yep, love that call. Um, oh, that was one of them. Yeah, Barlow, uh, no, no, wouldn't wouldn't touch him. No, I think his time as a fantasy guy is over. I think his time as an AFL player might be over with the new coach he has. It's just he he's got more game in him. But they're not giving him time, and he's at the wrong club. Yeah, he he's absolutely at the wrong club. It was probably a poor choice to go to Gold Coast. Um, I don't think he'd be getting a game at Frio either. N- no, maybe not he necessarily gone somewhere else. Though. Yeah, if if there was a chance that he could have gone somewhere else, he probably should have. Um, so and, and Kay Collo as well, possibly the most confusing of. That's all a time. really tough one. In Myself, keepers? no, 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 even but- for keepers. Oh, jeez, that's really tough. So I mean, redraft, me, absolutely not. For me, not. it's a no in redraft. In keepers, I would consider it depending what I had to give up. I wouldn't want to give a lot up because yeah. it's a lottery ticket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's Yeah, that's a really, really tough question because Colo, not only is he not getting a game at the moment, but when he has been on the field, he's just not showing anything. And I know Hall, you know, we were saying, oh, yeah, definitely go out and get him just a couple of minutes ago. But he, he has that stuff. high ceiling. Kay Collo hasn't shown enough fantasy game in the last year, to almost two years. So, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do there? Um, yeah, for me, it's a no with Kay Collo, even yep. in keepers, I, unless you're giving up almost nothing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I got another question from Brody here. He's asking, what would you do if a league mate stopped responding to your messages? I'm trying to trade with someone, but ever since they became a big-time podcaster, they don't seem to... <laughs> Have time for me. That could be addressed to either one of us. Yeah, it could be. Because I know he's been messaging me. It could be. <laughs> uh, he's also been messaging me. So uh, this is a, this seems like a private personal question, Brody. I don't think we should bring it on air in the podcast. But also, 
you know, we're busy men. So exactly, it's a good <laughs> we, excuse for anything. We've got, busy men got a lot of things to do. Um, so that was uh, hopefully that helps you out there, Brody. Uh, got a question for Bags or from Bags. He's asking in a deep keeper league, twelve team five six one five with five emergency and four on the bench. Yep. Uh, are there any underperforming keeper prospects you could bring consider targeting to trade in? Prime example being Parish. I believe there is. Yes. Yep. All right. So Ooh. this is here's one I prepared earlier. You. Oh my god. He actually has a page on which he has written research. This is a, this is a world first. This is groundbreaking. First. This, <laughs> groundbreaking <laughs> podcasting right here. Bags, you should absolutely feel honoured because he's put time into this. Not a lot of time, but I have okay. I don't know eight or so names. <laughs> yeah, some of them are probably more feasible than others. It depends to how many keepers you you have. Gotcha. So if like we have I think twenty eight guys in each team, we keep twenty, so mm-hmm. we can afford to be a little bit more speculative in the guys we keep. Yeah. I think from memory, you've sent questions in before and you only keep like 12 or 15 or so. so I've, from memory, yeah. So you, some of these guys, you're probably just going to go, I'm not going to waste a spot on them. Mm-hmm. But, um, Parrish, I think is one that you could look at. He yep. averaged 78 last year, averaging 72.6 this year. I think he does have great potential moving forward in the midfield there. He does. It's just he hasn't shown it yet. Uh, and uh, I can speak for myself. I'm holding him in a keeper league yeah. and he's a tough one because you know the potential he has and you don't really want to give him up because you know you're going to be getting jack all for him. But And he could come good. So, but I, if, so he's one that you could look mm-hmm, at. Yeah. Another one that's near and dear to you, Hopper. Hopper is another one. Great So he averaged 68.6 last year, 72.8 this year. So he has increased his average by four points. Mm -hmm. But um, you're probably waiting to see him take that next step because he looks like he's got that real fantasy game about him. Particularly if the coach who owns Hopper is in uh, contention to uh, definitely compete for finals or be up in the premiership window at the moment in your keeper league. Uh, They will not want that sitting on the, uh, the bench so much. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, those are two options. Mm-hmm. One that I find very, very interesting is Chad Wingard. Mm-hmm. So he's currently averaging 61.5 this year. He's been injured. Yep. Last year, he averaged 92.3. Yeah. Um, 2016, not a great one, 71, but he averaged 90 in 2015. Mm-hmm. So his owner may be very frustrated with his score this year and yep. the fact he's out injured, but he's showing he's got fantasy chops. Yeah, so that's he's, a good one. He's probably top of the list for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you got any more there? Uh, Danaher, Danaher 65.2 average, having a shit year, but... We know what he can do. He's got he's got a good fantasy game when he's up and about. Average 85.5 last year. Uh, Papley, my, the bane of my oh, fantasy God. side yeah. at the moment. Papley. Average 76 last year. He's averaging 60-odd this year. Ugh. He's got another gear to go to, but it's whether you really want to invest in him yeah. he's probably but he's in reverse list. at the moment if he's got another gear yeah. to go to he is in reverse so yeah, I think he's got a few gears in reverse at the moment yeah, geez. Um, um, he's probably bottom of the list and um, as a bit of a smoky out there Will Brody hasn't mm. got a game yet this year but I think has a lot of upside um, if he's owned by somebody and he is owned in 18% of leagues his owner might be getting sick and tired of waiting for him to actually get a game love it those are good options actually I really like it you, you did Ample research and it paid off. What do you know? Hope that helps you, Bags. Uh, we'll go on to a question from Ryan. Uh, he's asking, do you think Tom Hickey has won the starting ruck slot for the Saints over Billy Longer? And do you think Billy Longer will stay a Saint end of the year with him coming out of contract? Uh, first question, yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, second question, um, no. I don't think he will. 
it'll be a really tough contest because those two can't play together. Like, I mean, I honestly thought Nick Nat and Lysette couldn't play together, but they're proving me wrong at the moment. Yeah. But then again, they are very different players. Longer and Hickey are almost similar-ish players. I know Longer's slightly more athletic and Hickey's probably a a stronger-bodied, more tap-oriented Ruckman, but they're much more similar than those polar opposites of Nat Nui and Lysette. So you'd think they would struggle to play in the same team. I think we've seen they can't play together. Um, So so I I agree. I think at the moment Hickey is way ahead of Longer in terms of what he's managed to do this year and he mm -hmm. hasn't been embarrassed in the Ruck. Yeah. so I think he's safe for now unless Saints decide that this year is a complete waste and they want to really commit to Marshall yeah. and throw him in the ruck and see what he can mm. do. My uh, my yeah. personal thoughts is if he's going to be a Saint at the end of the year, I think GWS might make a play. That's that's my call. Um, so that they can keep Lob in the forward line as the secondary ruckman and mm. Longer, I think they might make a play to be their full-time ruckman. I disagree. Oh, I think that they were... Happy with Lob in the ruck, but mm-hmm. he got injured. Yeah. I don't think he's had enough time to actually see what he can do. And I think Passon is serviceable as mm-hmm. a second ruck. He's just in bad form. But it does mean that they are pretty much left with... It. I mean, I don't think they'll keep Dawson Simpson past this year. Which no, means no, the fact that they dropped him for no reason. Which means that their ruck stocks, as a pure ruckman, is Lob. Uh, they've got a couple of guys coming through, Flynn and someone else. Yeah, Flynn, but they're a yeah. fair way off. Yeah, I accept that. And they're all developmental ruckmen. They're not ready to step in and play at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, if they're in premiership contention at the moment, uh, mark my words. I reckon GWS will take a long, hard look at longer next year. Okay. Um, so another question. I think f- what we have seen though this year is pure ruckmen are. You got to have something special. Most yeah. pure ruckmen are really struggling to get games. There's got, there's got to be something different about you. I mean, Max Gorn, he's just a, a tap ruck, tapping ruck beast, you know. Yeah, and yeah. him, Steph Martin, those sorts of players, they get they win the ball around the ground yeah. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm genuinely not convinced that clubs would be interested in Longer because I don't think he offers them anything special. He's just a depth guy. I, I disagree. Longer, I actually think, does have some game about him. But he's unfortunately been in a team where it's hard to develop because if you do get a slight injury, there's another guy just as good as you waiting in the wings who can take over that role and then when you come back into the side it's uh you know it's stilted because you're switching between him and uh uh, like hickey and longer being the full-time ruckman or if you come in and you're both playing then you both perform poorly yeah but i mean the the fact that he can't beat hickey out for a spot hickey's a decent ruckman man he's hickey's not a terrible ruckman like they're both pretty good i mean they're never i don't think they're ever going to be elite ruckman of the competition but, you know, not everyone can be in the top five or six Ruckman. You know, there's... Yeah. Oh, we may have to agree to disagree on that. Yeah. Uh, another question from Ryan is uh, asking, Jack Bowes, what are your thoughts on him as a keeper prospect? I think we all know he is talented, but you, do you think it will be too long of a hold before he becomes fantasy relevant? Uh, I'm really torn. I'm, I'm not. I would say no. And because I bought him in after one or two good games <laughs> in redraft this year, mm-hmm. and he just hasn't performed well since then. And... He will be a hold for you, Jack Bowes. He will be a long-term hold, yeah. yeah I agree on that. I think he he is a keeper guy, uh-huh. but it's just how long and you're willing to invest in holding that yeah. spot open for him. The um, reason he's a keeper guy is because I think he will maintain defensive status through most of his career. So uh, I can see him going to the midfield. As a pure midfielder? If he's a pure midfielder... Oh, if he's yeah, a, I can see him as a winger. If he's a pure midfielder, I don't think he's he worth a hold. He was drafted as a winger. 
Whoa, interesting. I thought he was drafted more as a halfback flanker. No, I think they just stuck him there because they had enough midfielders at that point. Interesting. I'm pretty sure he was drafted as a midfielder. Okay. So well, you, in the main pod, you said Ainsworth will probably get those midfield minutes. Yeah. Um, Bose could get midfield minutes. Okay, if that's the case, uh, no, I would not hold Bose. I, I don't think that he makes... He has enough scoring potential to be a full-time midfield slot on in your keeper team. Uh, if he was a defender or if he was a forward, yes, I think he could average just enough. I think he'll probably average around about 85 to 90 over his career. I don't think he's going to be a 90 to 95 plus player, which means yeah, that no, that's a fair point. which means that basically he's a waiver list midfielder. Yeah, no, that's fair from what we've seen at this stage. Yeah. Um right. yeah, uh, another question or from from Peter Dimnicky this time. Uh good on you mate. He's asking, "Do I upgrade English or Billings first? There we go. Um also, I'm trying to trade in my draft league and no one seems keen to make any moves. What can I do to entice people into making a change?" So, first question for me, English. Yeah, English first. Billings is losing money, you'd probably do need to do something with him. And we've undenied about that for the last Tough. few weeks. Yeah. But I think English has to go f- immediately. It, it does, yeah. He's he, top of the, the priorities. To and me. he's going to be losing you too much money too quickly as well. So the whole point of you bringing him in was as a, uh, a rookie. He was mm-hmm. going to make you cash. He's made you cash. Get him out. Billings, you bought in as a, a permanent forward. He's underperforming now, but, I mean, he could turn it around any week. So yep. we'll see what happens there. Um, and yeah, second question, no one seems keen to be making any trades. That's a hard one to answer because it all depends on your, uh, your, uh, league mates. Yeah. You know what I actually like the idea of is, uh, having a night where you guys get together, have a few beers and, and chat it out, like catch up at a pub, catch up at someone's house. Yeah. We, in our keeper league, we have a, um, a trade night every year. And mm-hmm. there's more trades done then than any other point in the year, probably combined. And it's it good. works really well. It's just great fun as well. And it gets everyone involved. You know, you can have sidebar conversations. Two people go off and have a chat about a specific trade and everyone's thinking, oh, what are they talking about? Maybe I'll have a chat with him. You know, it's it's just good fun. So give that a go, mate. Uh, and last question of from bloody dating advice again. But it Unfortunately, is, it's addressed to me. It is well. absolutely directed to you. <laughs> so he's asking, question to Matt. As a man who, that is successfully engaged... That is you. Mm-hmm. I like how it's successfully engaged as well. well so far, it's been successful. <laughs> how do how do I st- how do I stay committed to a particular guy in keepers when a better, more attractive one may come along with a bigger personality, winky smiley face? Well, you That's see, in- with any good relationship, Christian, no. you've got to have input from both sides. So if you're giving this love. You have to get something back. And it's the same in keepers. If you're investing in a player, they have to give back as well. And if they're not, then maybe the relationship's not meant to last. You are not allowed to be the Dr. Phil of fantasy. (laughs) I'm not allowing this to happen. If anyone saw how my teams are going at the moment, they wouldn't take any of that. (laughs) We're We're barely allowed to be the anything of fantasy football at the moment. And we do have one more question. Oh, um, podcast question mm-hmm. is it worth holding English for buy cover or will he leak too much cash in addition I've got Cameron and the big O on my ruck bench at the moment so I would need to trade one of them in order to get that ruck forward link with English uh, this is a quick question to answer get rid of English yeah, get I rid agree. of him no, him on. I don't care about the buy cover at the moment it's best 18 so you're going to have a little bit of safety there and what's he going to put up for you anyway exactly where he's going if he's getting 40, 40s or 50s 50? that's not how's that going to help you much in the buy <laughs> yeah so I think I agree move him on exactly um, so we actually want to uh, 
bring up one of our old segments from earlier in the you year. Old, we've done it once. Yeah, we've done it. We've <laughs> done it once a couple ago. of weeks ago. <laughs> trade it, review. It was good fun, but trade review. Yeah. So we want to bring up, uh, and if you guys have any trades out there that you guys have done in your league, send them through to us. We'll give it a bit of a review we'll on the podcast. On you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You make it sound terrible, but we've got a uh, no, we've a trade generous. that happened in a, in a league, and uh, basically it involved some some pretty big players for keeper leagues. Yeah, so this was a keeper trade mm-hmm. um, because there are draft picks involved. Absolutely. So we, on the one hand, Monday plus a first rounder being exchanged for Chad Wingard and a third rounder. That's a really interesting trade. Now I'll throw some numbers at you. Monday is averaging eighty eight at the, this year. Yep. of seven games. Uh, last two years, he's averaged 84 and 89 yeah. with a decent amount of games played each year. So 89, 84, 88. Mm-hmm. So him plus a first for Wingard, who this year we know is injured. He's averaged 65. Yep. Last year, 92, and the year before, 71 with, again, decent amount of games played. Mm-hmm. So uh, Monday has the runs on the board in terms of scores. Um mid to high 80s the last three years. Wingard's fluctuating a little bit more, but he has the highest average in the last three years. Yeah, so... It's, and then there's the age, 32 versus 20. Of course, uh, and that's where the draft picks come in. So it's why the guy has had to offer a first-round draft pick coupled with Monday, even though he's averaging significantly higher... Uh, to entice the uh, Chad Wingard owning player into doing this trade. And obviously, he's giving up a third-rounder as well. Yeah. Who wins that trade? Oh, it's a tough one. It's an interesting one because that's pretty 50-50 because I know that the guy who got Monday is really challenging and trying to go hard for the win this year and he yep. is going for that premiership. So, And he's gotten a... Uh, um uh, what's he gotten? A first round pick in uh, reply as well? No, no, he's gotten he's a, a third, third round pick as, as well. So he really wants that win this year. He wants that premiership ring. Uh, and the other guy, you know, he's not performing quite as well this year. So, um, you know, he can. Yeah, I wouldn't say he can throw away the year because we're only in round seven. But, but he gets an extra first round of next exactly. Year. So, and that'll just help build his team. Jeez, it's it's a tough one. I'm going to lean towards the uh, the team that got Dave Mundy. To be honest, yeah. If you're in, if you're anywhere close to contention, mm-hmm. I think getting Mundy um, is really going to help you in that forward yeah. line this year. What do you think Mundy can average this year in the forward line? Oh, I've said it before, ninety to ninety-two yeah. in the forward line. So he's line. currently on eighty-eight. I think he's had a couple of pretty poor games in there for that. In a cut in the past couple of weeks as well. So. Actually, I've got his numbers. Oh, there you go. Um, he's got a 57 and a 71 in there. He's also cracked the ton twice this year. Yeah, so so he's, he's, I would think about 90 yeah, I, this year. Whereas Wingard, when he comes back, I would be thinking coming back off an injury, mm-hmm. say 70, 75 this year. Yeah, good fun. So I reckon the, the money trader just wins, but still solid effort by the Wingard trader as well because you've yep. got exactly what you needed for your team. Uh, and of course, before we finish the podcast, we've got to play a quick round of our favorite game, which is Risk It for the Biscuits. So I'm sure you already know, but in case you're a first time listener, new to the podcast, we'll just let you know that Risk It for the Biscuit is the game we play where if you've got a you know uh, an injury in your team or you're coming up against the premiership contender, you need something a little bit different, a bit of X factor, something to come off the waiver wire and score well for one particular week. This is the guy to risk it on. This is yep. the guy to bring in, and we reckon he's going to have a He'll great bring score you home for the biscuits. you. Exactly. So uh, last week my pick was Guelphy and Cole. Fail uh, and fail. Fail and fail. Guelphy was not selected, uh, rested, so that's hard to predict. 
And Cole, I mean, he got 61. He had a, a poor second half, but he was on 48 at halftime, so I actually thought he was going pretty well. I was a bit well. worried, actually, when I checked in. Yeah, I and bet you I were. And I had uh, Miller, who went down injured for 20, and Short, who I think got... 50 or 50-something. 50 so so there were well. zero biscuits to be had this weekend. It was a pretty ugly weekend for us. So let's redeem ourselves yeah, now. I think it's your turn to start. I think it is my turn. And I am... Now, we had a term for this last year, but I think that I, I'm not 100% sure if I've got it right. I could be doing a reverse Hutchings. You're doing the reverse Hutchings? Which, I mean, we won't go into great detail on this trade, but I believe that I uh, brought in Mark Hutchings when he wasn't named the week before. No, no. So it was, he was out of the team and you picked him as your risk it and he was not named. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was, oh, was that the reverse Hutchings? Then I am not doing the reverse Hutchings. I'm not, I can't remember. I can't, we'll need to figure it out. I can't quite remember. We need to put some names to this because I'm pretty sure that Matt Guelphy does not count as an official pick for me last week. He definitely does. Because he did not play. You picked him and he was dropped. That's your problem. My my new my new ruling in oh, as, as changing the rules. As as co-host of this podcast is that if the player does not play, that you can pick them again. Can I protest? <laughs> no, <someone>? you cannot. <laughs> You're sitting on the smaller chair. I'm sitting on the larger chair behind these computers and these microphones. So you've got Guelphie again. I've got like back you don't even again. Tell me until we're on air, so I can't take advantage of it either. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good being in the big chair. Uh, but yes, I've gone with Mac Guelphie again. <laughs> because uh, I'm backing him in after one more week, 16% owned. He's playing Carlton, who've been leaking points, and we know that he is a pretty consistent scorer when he's on the field, and he's a forward. Just for that, I hope he plays a VFL again this week. <laughs> so salty, so salty. And maybe with, maybe with reason, but <laughs> I think that's, uh, you know, and you can take advantage of that next time if there's a player that is dropped after, after, you, are, pick him. after you pick him. So that that's the key word there because it's got to be after you pick him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There oh, we go. I'm going to go with my first pick, <laughs> one of the Baileys because I'm enjoying the Bailey watch. Oh, okay. I uh, I am going with Bailey Fritch. Oh, Bailey Fritch. Yeah, that Melbourne I mean, forward. A couple of good weeks. Owned by 22 percent of teams. Mm. He started the year well. Obviously, trailed off and got dropped. Rested for a couple of weeks. Yep. He's back for two weeks now. He's put up 88 and 91 mm. in his two weeks back. So there's some good signs there, and he is playing. Ooh, Gold Coast. Gold Coast, there we week. go. So he had been giving up a lot of points. Great team to score against. So, um, And he's doing a lot better in the forward line with um, Tom McDonald in there to provide more structure. So I'm going to go Fritch. Yeah, absolutely. I reckon that's a really, really good choice. And like I said earlier, it's so annoying with Fritch that he has actually... <laughs> he's came good after he he's left the team. Just come good now, and yeah, it's it's just a little bit ugly, isn't it? Because a lot of people would have traded him out, and you've missed out on a lot of money that he could be making. Yeah, just a tad. Yeah. Oh, now, who's your second? Uh, my second is Lockie Fogarty. Oh yeah, from Geelong, thirty-eight percent owned. He's had a seventy-one last week, and he's already had a ninety-six to his name this year. So he does have a bit of an ability to score. Um, what I loved last week was he built his 71 off of the back of eight tackles, mm-hmm. so he really gets in and under. But the key thing for me this week is he's playing Collingwood. Ooh, Any team that plays Collingwood or Carlton, I just love to jump on the players in the opposing team because, I mean, they're not going to tag. They're <laughs> not going to pay any attention to the opposite team almost, which means the other team will make some points. Yep. Um, and I think this could be Lockie Fogarty's week as well. Now, he's mid-only, which does make it a little bit more tricky. But he's 38% owned. If he's unowned in a keeper league, 
please get Lockie Fogarty into your team. Yeah, good player. He is a bloody great player. I did not think that he would have any chance of breaking into Geelong's side this year. He's held his spot. He's held his spot. I understand that Ablett's out at the moment. But you They'd know, be dropping people ahead of Fogarty when uh, yeah, absolutely back. would. And yeah, Lockie Fogarty just looks the good. So if he's available in a keeper league, absolutely grab him and keep him. But yep. for a redraft, I reckon this week might be his week. I like him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my second is the corresponding player to Fritch. Ooh. So someone on the opposite side. Okay. Uh, Jack Bowes. Oh, we just talked about Bose. We did, and to be honest, that did play a fair part in me picking him. I was a bit <laughs> pressed for time this afternoon when I saw the uh, the question on him. I was like, oh yeah, he could do for risk it. Yeah. So, I'm glad you put a lot of research into Bags' question. It's been a busy day. <laughs> um, so he plays Melbourne at the Gabba. Yep. In May's absence last week, he, I think, had a bit more of a role in terms of rebounding. So mm-hmm. he put up 70 um, versus the Dogs, 30% owned. See how he goes. Yeah, I, no I, real I like it. It's sometimes with these, you just got to go with your gut. Um, it's a gut feel. You got to look at the uh, the teams that the uh, the opposition is taking on. A little bit to do with their history as well. What position you think they're going to play that week, and even closer to the end of the week, what are, what are the other teams' inclusions? What are the team? Uh, yeah, exactly. Who yeah. who who are you bringing back in? You know, how is that going to affect the player? So, it. But a lot of it is gut. So yeah, absolutely. You've, sometimes you just got to risk it for that biscuit. So thanks again for joining in, guys, and listening to us. Uh, if you tune in on iTunes, don't forget to uh, give us a rating, give us a review. Um, and if you want to find us on social media, we are at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. So send us questions any time of the week. Um, and if you do have any of those trades going through in your league, send them through and we'll give them a review on air. Hope you have a fantastic weekend of fantasy footy ahead and hopefully our risk can give you a bit of a hand as well this yes. week. And we'll see you next week. Fantastic. See you then. Yeah.